Arizona. It wasn't Arizona. It wasn't. It wasn't even Kentucky. It was uh, a job th that I uh, was looking at in Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. I know. Why you? Wait, what do you guys have against Houston people? Oh, well, that, that's, a, yeah, that's a, a reason. So I went in to apply for this job in Houston. It was my first interview ever for like a big boy position. And, and so I get, and I, and I get in. Here's the cool thing about it, though. I get a meeting with the lead pastor, first meeting. We, we link up. We're talking. We talk for like two hours. And he's like, bro, you, you sound like you got it. I'm like, I know I'm a college kid. You got to come in humble, especially when you don't have experience. Pro tip. Uh, and so I'm like, like man, like, I just want to learn. I just want to be a part of a team. I just, all this stuff, we're talking, we're vibing. It's really good. He's like, man, you sound like just a perfect candidate. And I'm like, nice. I'm a perfect candidate. He goes, I want to get you an interview with a couple more members of our team. Guys, I had three interviews with the top three pastors and people in that church and this church was like huge and so I was like oh man this is awesome this is gonna be so good I linked up with all of them I was Facebook friends with them all and I'm like stalking them and trying to like figure out like oh you like golf I like golf too I never golfed before but like you know I'm just like trying to link up with them and and and, and let them know that I was interested in all this stuff we I like I said I had three interviews in one week um and then another week passed I didn't hear from him. Then another week passed and I didn't hear from him. Then a month passed and I didn't hear from him. And then two months passed and I didn't hear from him. And then Christmas hit and I didn't hear from him. So I started interviewing at other places. Still didn't hear from this church. I was interviewing at more places. Guys, I interviewed in like September of 2018 I didn't hear back from them until April of 2019. And they were like, oh yeah, we hired somebody else. Rude. I was like, man, because I was really excited about the prospect of what that was. And I was feeling so good about it. I had three interviews in one week. Guys, that never happens unless they like you. And so I'm like, man, like, like man, this is just totally what God wants for me, uh, all this stuff. And so... That didn't happen, and so now I'm scrambling because I'm still interviewing, but it's no after no after no after no. I have another interview story I'll tell you real quick. I was interviewing for a job in Saipan. Do you guys know where that is? Um, no, close though. It's like in the, in the Pacific area, and what I was gonna do is be a youth pastor and director, but also be a teacher as well and all this stuff, and we got to, got to link up with this guy. He was good friends with my um, academic director, my academic coordinator, all that stuff, so advisor, that's what that word's called, and so like, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is really cool. We're really vibing. It sounds like cool. Um, you know, I get to move out to the Pacific, like really crazy wild stuff, especially for this Kentucky boy. And uh, I'm like, man, this is great. I met the lead pastor. <laughs> it wasn't so great. Um, what happened, what happened was I met the, met the lead pastor and we were vibing. He's kind of just giving me some, like, he's very strict and I can tell that. And then all of a sudden it gets real quiet and he goes, hey, said, yeah, he goes, you have a girlfriend? Why does that matter? He's like, I'm just curious. Do you have a girlfriend? I said, no, I, I don't. Do you have any prospects? I'm like, okay, now you're getting weird, dude. 
He's like, you got any prospects? I'm like, no, not, not really. Just kind of, you know, I had a relationship a couple years ago. It didn't really work out, all this stuff. He's like, why? Dude, back off. Like, we are not even Facebook friends. I'm friends with the Houston people. Like, dude, get off of my back. He's like, well, I just have to know that, like, you weren't, like, abusive or anything. And I'm like, whoa, like, dude, I'm not crazy. Like, I just didn't like her anymore. And we kind of just, like, I don't know what to tell you. He's like, well, we just have to do our due diligence. It's like, dude, like, get out of my face. And so it, like, ruined my experience. Like, I was interviewing at all these places that I thought were going to be so awesome. And I thought were just going to be amazing for me and, and what God had planned for me. And I was just going to ready to step into this awesome thing. It was going to be this awesome job in Houston. It was going to be this awesome job in St. Louis. It was going to be this awesome job in Mississippi. Uh, I know some of you are like, how could that be awesome? <laughs> it was. Like, I could have had all of these things lined up. And I put all of my eggs in those baskets at one point until I found this church in Prescott Valley, Arizona. And I met up with somebody and uh, we got a chance to link up. And then I thought the, the interim youth pastor was pretty cute. So no, I'm kidding. I actually didn't meet her until like after I accepted the job. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the reason why I share those stories is that sometimes we can, we can think that we're in such a good spot but then never actually include God in the plans that we have. And then we look at it and we wonder like, why isn't this happening? Maybe for you guys, maybe you're not interviewing for positions. I don't know. Maybe Abby is already because she wants to be a youth pastor. But like, <laughs> but like maybe, you're, maybe you're not doing that yet, but you have studied really hard for a test and then you fail the test. It's the worst. You're like, man, I just, I thought I had everything ready to go. Maybe, maybe you, you applied for another job and you just didn't get it and they never called you back because sometimes that happens, especially when you work lower level jobs. They're just like, hey, I won't even call you back. Like it can be really, really tough and really rough. We have to include God in our decisions as we pray, as we speak to him, as we begin to knit our hearts. We're gonna get into this a little bit more but let's dig into kind of what the Bible says about prayer because prayer can be, like I said, confusing and scary and crazy and weird and wild, but awesome and amazing and powerful. And there's some really bold claims that the Bible makes about prayer. Ephesians 3.20 says this in the Passion Translation, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. James chapter 5, 15 and 16 says, the prayer of faith will save a sick person and the Lord will raise him up. And he, if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Prayer is super powerful. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its, in its effect. I have a question for you. Do you believe prayer is powerful? Yes. Honestly. Yes. You really do. Yes. Let me ask you another question. Do you pray like it's powerful? Yes. Good. I like that. But if you were honest... Do you pray like it's powerful? If we do believe that, 
and we're not praying like it's powerful, why? Why, what, what is the purpose of our prayer? That's what we're going to look at today in, in this message is the purpose of prayer. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to get into the main text. It's John chapter 15, 12 through 16. Jesus is about to be betrayed by some of his friends because you know I have to give you background because it's kind of weird to just open up a book and read it. So you got to get background. He's about to be betrayed by one of his friends. Anybody know who that is? Peter. No, uh, close. Later, he would be betrayed by him because he would deny him. Huh? J uh, James. Uh, no. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's like, I know it. Good. That's awesome. Way to stick with it. So this is the last time Jesus is going to see his friends before he actually dies. So this is pretty crazy. How many people know, we talked about this earlier, like if it's the last commander, if it's the last word, especially of Jesus, it's probably important, right? So this is the last thing he tells his friends before he dies. It's important that he shares this. He says this in chapter 15, verse 12. Jesus says, this is my command. Love one another. Everybody say love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has a greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, and if you do what I command you, I do not call you servants anymore because a servant does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. This is really cool. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I have appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This whole thing of Jesus being our friend is super cool. It's super awesome. We're going to dig into a little bit about what, why we can walk in that, that power and what that does for us. But I want you to know from this main text that it is super super important that Jesus calls us friends. Because, and you see this in other religions if you study other world religions, when other people pray to their gods, they pray attempting to earn favor or earn status or, or appease whatever God they're trying to please. That's why like some of them, they have to, they have to pray a certain way. Some of them, it's a formula. Some of what they say or what they do, they have to actually be pointed a certain direction for their God to hear them. Like prayer to, in other languages or other um, religions especially is not like our prayers that we have. We're friends of Jesus. We pray to God as a friend and as, as, a, as a confidant. To God the Father as a son and daughter, that is powerful. It's so cool that he calls us his friends. But there's levels to prayer. As we kind of look at the, the purpose of prayer, there's levels to prayer. Everybody say there's levels to this. There's levels to this. And each one of these levels build on each other respectively. It's like a building block. You start off here. You build here and you go here. We're going to talk about three of them. This first one is kind of the, the foundational piece. And it is asking about your desires. These prayers are really easy. This is the foundational, kind of the, the baby Christian, if you will, prayers. 
Have you ever heard the phrase that prayer is just talking to God? Ever heard that? The idea of just talking to God is the first level. It's asking about your desires. It's, it's, it's just talking with God. And while it's indeed the introduction for how we're supposed to pray, unfortunately, it's where most people stop. Most people, especially if they're not in church and they don't have a community, that's some of the things we've been talking about just in general. But if they don't have that, when do they pray? They wait for something bad to happen. Then they pray, God, get me out of this. God, help me through this. God, would, would you please rescue me? Would you please help me? Would you please do this? Would you please do that? Some people can get really needy and start sounding like a spoiled child during Christmas. God, here's my, here's my Christmas list of what I want. I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be bad things. It's not that you're asking for a PS5 or Xbox One X or anything like that, but you could be praying and, and just constantly asking God to be like, hey, God, I want, my, I want my calling revealed to me, but you don't want it revealed to you because you actually want to be able to step into it. You just want to act and, and be more spiritual than everybody else when you pray. You say, God, I want my calling, but you really don't want your calling. You just want to be able to say that you got your calling before like your friend did. That happens all the time. And we, we can find ourselves in a cycle of just this introduction of, man, I'm just talking to God. Like, it's all good. And I'm just going to wait on God uh, to come through whenever I need something or whenever I want something. And you might look at me and you go, why, why is that such a bad thing? Like, Relying on God is a good thing. It is. Asking for things, especially with the right heart, is a great thing. But let's just read a couple verses here. Psalm 37, verses 3 and 4 in the ESV say this. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Cool. Cool. Hold on to that thought about the heart, because in Jeremiah 17, 9, it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? So when we pray our desires, it's a good thing and it can be a good thing, but it can also be a very kind of slippery slope. Because in the same way that it says that God will give us the desires of our heart, it says that our heart is deceitful. So we can't begin to ask God for the things that we desire until we really link up with him. Do you guys understand that? Does that make sense? That's why our hearts need to be shaped into something new. That's why we need this second level of prayer. Everybody say second level. The second level of prayer is praying through scriptures. Have you guys ever done this before? Ever prayed through scriptures? Yeah? Cool. Um, if you don't think you have, who's ever done the Lord's Prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be. Yeah, that's in the Bible. Jesus, Jesus said, when you pray, this is how you should pray. We'll get into that in a little bit down the line. Praying scriptures is important. Why? Because scriptures dictate our heart and put us in right standing with God. It allows us to be able to get a glimpse of his heart and understand who he is. You understand how this works? 
Praying for the desires is good, but it's very, very basic because we have to have our heart in the right spot before we can even begin to pray those prayers. And you're like, what do you mean praying through scriptures? Guys, get in your word. Read your, we just finished this, 40 weeks of getting the word, just from Genesis to Revelation. It's that important. That's why we took that time, because you have to know the words so that you know how to pray so that you can really catch God's heart in everything. Some of you guys are, are asking God in your prayers to bless things that he's saying, hey, that's not what I have for you. Like, I'm not going to bless that, not because I'm mean or because I hate you or because I don't want that to happen, but that's not what I have for you. That's not what I have for this situation that you're praying about. That's not what I want to, 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 to make happen for my glory. A lot of you guys are praying things, but it's not even within God's plan, so he's not blessing it, and then you're getting angry and mad at him. Let me put it like this. Some of you guys, especially older people, or older students, I should say, some of you guys are praying for a relationship. Oh, man, if I could just have a boyfriend, if I could just have a girlfriend, I would, everything would be complete. Everything would be complete. It would all be good. Let me just say something about dating, and I think I've said this before. Um, if you have to be dropped off to your date, you probably shouldn't date, okay? Just, just saying. <laughs> Thanks, mom, for driving me to the mall to meet my girlfriend. Yeah, I really appreciate that, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just my voice, okay? But some of, you guys, some of you guys are praying for relationships, but Ecclesiastes 3 is saying that you're in a season of singleness. Some of you guys might be praying for more money. Everybody said amen to that one. Some of you guys are praying for more money. But Luke 16 is telling you that you're not even taking care of the little money that you have. So why would God give you more? You're asking for more friends. You want a bigger circle. You want to be an influencer. You want to be this. You want to be that. I just need more people. But countless Proverbs remind you that you need to be a better friend to the people that God has already put in your life before he puts more there. Some of you guys are praying for things that aren't within God's plan, and all you gotta do is get in the word and read it for yourself. And then you can be able to link your heart to what it is that God has for you. And you say, oh, that makes sense, all right, good. So now I've got my heart all cleared up because I'm reading my word and I'm getting God's heart, so I'm good, so now I can pray for the desires. Why do I need a third level? <sighs> um, if you're here on Sundays, you'll see this in a couple weeks. I'm gonna walk up here, I'm sorry, camera guys. I know you might not be able to see me, but this is why we need this third level of prayer because if I took you out to coffee and you're sitting here and I'm sitting here and I never bought you coffee, I just bought me coffee and I sit down and you're like, hey man, I really wanted to sit down and talk to you about this thing. I'm like, uh-huh, I'm on my phone. Like, Josh, how, how's your day, man? How are you doing? Good. If, if you spent all of your time on the other side telling me about what your day was like or what's going on with you, and all I did was this, I didn't pay attention, is that really a conversation? So, when we say that we're talking to God, really that basic level, remember, all the way back, 
I'm just talking to Jesus. Are you really talking to Jesus? Because if you're really talking to Jesus, you'll listen to him. You won't just give him a laundry list of the things that you want. This is this third level of prayer. It's called contemplative prayer. If you don't know what, uh, look, I can't even say it. Contemplative. If you don't know what contemplative prayer is, it's basically just being aware of God and being able to sit in silence. It's basically just spending time with God without saying anything about him or anything to him. And guys, this is the hard one. Because <laughs> guess what it does? It means that you have to take your proverbial microphone and you wait, you wait for God and you just sit in his presence and you're aware of the fact that he's with you and you listen. There are things that God will reveal to you in silence that he would never be able to reveal to you if I'm speaking or if there's a worship team on or if you're listening to worship music at your house. All of those things are good, right? Like, it's, it's all good to do that. I'm not saying don't go home and, like, listen to worship. You're like, I can't listen to worship music because Pastor Josh told me not to. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying every now and then, silence can be a good thing. Um, for somebody like me, I don't like silence. You can ask my wife. Like, literally, as soon as I turn the key in the ignition, I'm like, you got the music ready? She's like, hey, man, like, I haven't even gotten connected yet. Like, chill out. We have to be comfortable, though, with the silence. Some people call it meditation. Some people call it solitude. But the idea is that you're just spending time being able to listen to what God has to say to you. It's this third level. It's, it's the hardest thing to do. It's really easy to give God a laundry list and pray to the desires of your heart. It can be even easier sometimes to just read the Bible and understand it and then, and then be able to pray those things. But if you want to listen to what God has to say for you, get alone and spend some quiet time with him. Getting back to this thing of, of, of Jesus being our friend, John 15, Jesus makes the statement that they're no longer servants, but they're friends. This is why that's so cool for us. Because with prayer, as friends of Jesus, we now have the authority that Jesus had. We walk in the authority that Jesus walked with. Did you guys know that Jesus said that all the great things that he did and all the great teachings that he did, that you and you and you and you and you would do better and do greater and do more? That's kind of cool. We can walk in the authority of Jesus. It's a position of authority that we have to take as Christians. So as we kind of close tonight, I just want to ask, and I want you to ask yourself, how do you treat prayer? What does the purpose of your prayer life 
in your own personal life? Is it a oversimplified prayer that gets down to a get-rich-quick scheme and, man, I just want you to give me this and I want you to give me this and I want this and I need this and, God, if you could do this. and Do you even really want to spend time with Jesus? And I'm not saying that none of you guys do, so, so don't hear that. Josh thinks I'm a bad Christian. It's not what I think. But I'm just asking, man. We have to constantly, I have to ask myself this stuff. Do I really, do I, do I really want to spend time with Jesus? Today, we, we have to take a stand that says, I am done treating God as some genie who I just rub a lamp and get three wishes and then move on throughout my day and just forget like he even exists. And then as soon as something bad happens, oh, I need my three more wishes. Oh, 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 something bad happened. Got to pray. Got to take a stand that says, I'm done treating God like that. I want to spend time with a father who wants to spend time with me. Because I guarantee you that as soon as you begin to spend time with him, as soon as you begin to sit in his presence, as soon as you get into his word, he's going to reveal things. He's going to speak things over you. He's going to have things for you that you would have never been able to see if you weren't spending time with him. Because prayer is important. So important. If you guys would just bow your heads and close your eyes. If you guys would just, I don't, we don't do this very often, but um, I'll just feel led to do this. If you guys would just repeat after me this closing prayer, and then I'll just pray over us and pray over this time, and then we can get into worship and just have a time of response and prayer and worship. And if you guys would just, with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, really focused in, if you would just repeat after me, dear God, I love you. I know that I've taken you for granted. And I know that I only come to you when I need something at times. I'm sorry. Today, I choose to spend more time with you. And I thank you that I'm never alone. Lord, I thank you for each and every student that's here. Lord, I pray and I thank you for your word. I thank you that we are called friends, that we don't have to earn anything when we come to pray but that you have given us the authority to walk in power in our prayers. Lord, whatever it is that we have gotten wrong about our prayer life, I pray that you would show us how to correct it and fix it because it is so powerful and it is so important in our lives to be able to calibrate our heart to you, to be able to link our heart to yours. We have to be able to spend time to assess where we're at. Lord, I pray that you would just help us find quiet times and find quiet moments to be able to spend with you and not list our needs, but just listen to you. Because I believe for each and every student that's here, as, as they begin to listen to you and as they begin to hear you speak to them, there are gonna be some powerful things that come out of it. 
Lord, I pray that you would just help us grow in our prayer life and that we would just be so just so in relationship with you that it just comes natural to us. Lord, I thank you for all the students. I thank you for the families. I thank you for all of the different schools that are represented here. Lord, I pray that you would just speak to these students as we pray and as we worship and as we just come into your presence tonight. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. So what we're going to do...